Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2031. Hey, today is the birthday show for my special guest. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Winston, Georgia, with a very special returning guest by the name of Chuck Beck. Chuck, welcome back to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Well, we'll try, and uh, I'm always ready. Absolutely. Now, today is a special day, listeners, because today is Chuck's 85th birthday. So happy birthday, Chuck. Well, thanks. I never thought I'd make it this far, but uh, it's nice to be here. It certainly is, and we're glad you're here. Now, something interesting for you listeners. Chuck was a very early guest. He was very kind to take a chance with me. He was guest number 155 on my birthday back in 2015. So I thought it appropriate to bring him back on his birthday and celebrate an incredible life that he's built for himself and the joy that he's brought a lot of people in this world with the cars that he's built, including yours truly. So let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to talk a little bit about this this life that you're living and continue to live with very much robustness, let's say. Chuck Beck has built numerous projects from dragsters to race cars to street cars and even a Lamborghini-powered motorcycle and many more. He is renowned among automotive enthusiasts for his 550 Spider, a replica of the iconic Porsche 550 Spider from the 50s. He started producing the cars in 1982, and he built about 2,500 of those beautiful things. I owned number 89, drove it for many years. What a delight that car was. In 1990, Chuck jointly developed the Shogun concept car and produced a competitive race car with his replica Lister. And in 1998, he developed the Beck 904 prototype, a replica coupe based on the original Porsche Carrera GTS that was launched back in 1963. After selling his company, today Chuck continues to spend most of his time in the garage building cars, running on a local racetrack with his buddies every week. And like I said, today is his 85th birthday. We'll be back in just a minute to celebrate more with Chuck, but first a word from our sponsor. So give him a little love and we'll be right back. Covercraft has the most complete line of custom seat covers available. Choose between the poly cotton seat savers Endura Precision Fit Custom Seat Covers, Leatherette Precision Fit Custom Seat Covers, and their durable Carhartt Seat Covers. They're all easy to install and remove, and guess what? They're machine washable too. Easy cleanup to make them look brand new. No more worries about the kids spilling on your seats or your pets damaging your expensive upholstery or leather. Covercraft's quality seat covers protect from damaging pet claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, food, drink spills, drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's fine surfaces. Headrest and armrest covers and color options are also available on many of the styles. And I've got a great offer for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping with the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Visit Covercraft.com today. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure... 
your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles. If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Green's here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Chuck, uh, your life has been pretty amazing, and that's why I wanted to have you back, because you are the epitome of a guy who has found his passion and stuck with it and is not going to sit on a rocking chair on a porch anytime soon. I would love for you to share a little bit about how the Beck 550 came to be, because that's a car that I always loved. In fact, I met you while waiting in line to get onto the Laguna Seca track facilities during the historic races. And I pulled up behind you in my rental and you were sitting in front of me in one of your cars. And I went up and introduced myself and you were so nice. And you got me so excited that that was the beginning of my search, which led me to my car. But why did you choose that 550 to start that business with and start building those cars? Well, we uh, were fortunate enough to get our hands on something to start with. And I tried to build a car as close to the original car as possible or practical. You know, so, okay, our mainframe tube is at 75 millimeters, it's three inches and things like that. But it was the old Porsche VW front suspension the swing axles in the rear, which uh, for many people is a problem, but that's what the car was. So the idea was to build a Porsche 550. And, uh, you know, the car at 1,250 or so pounds with any engine almost, it is is uh, an awful lot of fun. As the originals, if you get one of them, 150 miles an hour with a big engine, it's awful light. But yes, <laughs> any, any 1,250-pound car is just about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know that car, what was interesting to me is, and since I've, I've ridden in a real 550 Spider, which was quite a treat, but of course, for most people, that's way out of reach from a financial standpoint and continues to be. So you brought the excitement of an iconic car to the normal guy like me who could afford it, drive it, and enjoy it. You brought a lot of smiles to my face, I'll tell you that. And I was telling uh, Chuck in our pre-show chat when I sold that car, my son is yet to forgive me because he was eight years old when we took that first 1,500-mile drive up the, the coast in that thing. Now, the 550, did you ever think when you started producing that that you would produce as many as you did? Well, a friend of mine, I'd spent quite a bit of money tooling this thing to get it into production. And one day, a airport buddy asked me, he said, uh, you know, do you think you'll ever get your money back? 
I said, you know, people love the little car. I'll bet I'll sell 50 of these damn things. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are pushing 3,000 cars now, and people are still standing in line to get them. So (laughs) I'd like to think I was a smart devil and figured it all out, but it just sort of fell in my lap. You've built 2,500, close to 3,000 of those things now. Now, I know you sold the company, but it's still near and dear to your heart. But what's really cool is you didn't just sell your company and sit back. You're a guy that still goes out in his garage every day. I follow you on Facebook. You're always working on things, creating things. Last time you were on the show, you had just built a Lamborghini-powered motorcycle. Uh, And when I first saw you doing that, I thought, oh gosh, Chuck wants to kill himself because this sounds crazy. But you still have that bike, right? I think I saw you started up at your birthday party uh, that you had over the weekend. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a unique piece. Anywhere you take it, it's always the hit of the show. And uh, (laughs) no, I don't ride it. I I mean, mean, I've ridden it up down the road for photos and things, but it actually handles nice out on the road. Initially, it's fairly heavy, but you could ride it. It's just that I'm 85 years old. I don't have a lot of strength left in my legs. And and, yeah. there's too many crazies on the road nowadays. Yeah, I understand. That's why I stopped riding bikes, too. All the people on their phones and their big Escalades that want to wipe you out. Another car that is very near and dear to us Porsche files is the 904. And you decided to venture into that vehicle, doing similar to what you did with the, the Spider. Tell us a little bit about the Beck 904, that whole project, how it came to be, uh, how it's built, what's powered by. Well, we... Uh that's what started the whole thing, actually. Back in the 70s, um, I decided I wanted to reproduce a 904. I'd gotten screwed out of one back in 67, and I always loved the car. I thought it was the prettiest thing Porsche ever built. So in my searching, ran across a guy that had a 910 that a uh, bunch of busted-up parts and this, that, and the other, and I agreed to go ahead and you know, make molds, reproduce all the panels and this and the other and restore the car. And so we rebodied several 910s and then the process came across this 550 project and uh, eventually wound up finding a couple of Dale Lake 904s. I made some temporary molds and it was busy with other projects. So it was the late 90s before I finally got around to actually building a car. And uh, we played with that and really didn't get into production until probably uh, 06 or something like that. But taking a few liberties, I actually stretched the car by three inches because the originals were very cramped in the cockpit. And I'm not that big. I'm only 5'10". So we have did a monocoque tub, basically, for the thing from sheet metal. Corrosion was a problem on the initial cars between the glass and the uh, sheet metal chassis. So I chose to go with stainless for the chassis, a little heavier, this, that, and the other, perhaps. But, you know, the idea was to build something that really looked good, handled good, and uh, that you could drive every day, or you could go to the track and do pretty good with it. My son at Daytona, I think they caught him at 187 miles an hour on the straight. Oh, my gosh. So Wow. For most people, that's a pretty decent ride. It takes any of the 911 engines, 901 or 915 series gearbox, and uh, finishes up 1750, somewhere in there. So 
it wouldn't take an awful lot of engine to make it fun. No kidding. And are you still or is somebody still producing that car, the 904? Yeah, they're still being produced up in uh, Indiana. I wound up selling the production to a friend of mine I've known since back in the 80s. We were doing various projects over the years. And uh, a couple of my sons are working with them. But they do the Speedster, the Spider, the uh, 904. And I recently finished tooling for them for a 356C Coupe. And there again, I took a few liberties. We stretched the car a little bit in length to give a little more cockpit room. Uh, we're running midship, primarily Subaru power. Okay. And uh, so this gives you 190 horsepower with a stock motor. There again, 1,700, 1,750 pound car that looks like a 356 coupe, but it's rack and pinion steering. It's double A frame suspension all around. And, uh, you know, so it's a, it's a very serious handling little car and way, way quicker than the original. But it looks like a 356 coupe. You can have all the fun uh, without a lot of the worry. And especially with the, the cost and values of these cars, of course, the 904, massively expensive. The 550 Spider, incredibly expensive. But the 356s are becoming unobtainium as well. I've always wanted one, but you look at the prices and then when you go and drive one, it's it's great, but it's kind of lackluster. And that's what I loved about my 550 with yours. I could drive it and park it, not worry that much about it. And what you're doing with the uh, 356s or what they're doing with 356s is a neat idea too, because it's a car you can enjoy and drive and not fret too much if you leave it parked somewhere or even want to take it on a road trip and park it in a hotel parking lot. So uh, I think it's great what, what your sons are doing and what you've you've done. Now, when you look at your life today being 85 years old today again you're a guy that doesn't sit on the porch very well i assume as my grandpa used to say i don't sit still very well he was a farmer in texas and always working and riding his horse what's the future look like for you chuck what what interesting projects are you looking forward to actually uh i sold my personal street 904 Mm -hmm. and i'm in the process of selling my track car there again, I, I always like to build a cheater. And uh, so I have one 904 that hits the scales at about 1550. Ooh. It's a monocoque aluminum tub, and it's powered by a 997 GT3 engine. Oh, my gosh. So, Whoa. you know, this is a 200-mile-per-hour car. And uh, quite frankly, I just i am not as quick as I used to be at the steering wheel. And uh, I'm in the process of selling that thing. I'm going to build myself a 904 with a late Boxster or Cayman mechanicals. The market, uh, well, the, the air-cooled 911 stuff has gotten so expensive and hard to get that we thought it would probably be a good thing to put on the market because you can get those components an awful lot cheaper, and it'll make a good ride. So that's the next thing is to develop that car. I'll just take one of our existing bodies, but 
have to build an all new chassis, suspension, everything. And so that'll keep me entertained for <laughs> several months. Yeah, I think so. You know, that's what I love about you, Chuck. You're the epitome of a guy that has found his passion, created a life around it. And why sit around? Uh, just keep having fun and building things. So I look forward to seeing more about that. The car that you're going to be selling, uh, are you going to be selling that through your own personal or put that on something like bring a trailer or shift gate or what are your plans with well, selling that I've, car? I've had a guy that's been hounding me for the car for some period of time. And uh, I finally decided that it's it sits in the corner, collects dust, the battery went dead, et cetera. And uh, it was time to get off of it, I, you know, let him play. That's the thing with these cars that we love and cherish. There's always a time for it to move forward to the next caregiver. Uh, but the thing about you is you're always creating something new, which is pretty cool. So uh, uh, that's why my hat's off to you on this uh, wonderful celebration of your birthday today. I think it's fantastic. We'll take a short break for our sponsors. We come back. I want to talk a little bit more with you about life and cars. So sit tight and we'll be right back. Auto Geeks Blackfire SiO2 Spray Sealant. It's a spray-on, wipe-off sealant that's quick, safe, and easy to clean and protect your vehicles. I love using it on all my cars. Auto Geek's Blackfire SiO2 Spray Sealant is a spray-on, wipe-away sealant that uses SiO2 ingredients to provide a slick, brilliant, and long-lasting shine. Silicon dioxide is known to be one of the most effective ingredients in car care products, and Blackfire Spray Sealant takes advantage of of every stunning feature it has to offer. This sealant will protect your paint from road film, dirt, and other common contaminants while providing an impeccable, long-lasting, hydrophobic surface that forces water to sheet and bead on your paint for months. Go to autogeek.net to get yours and for the best product selections on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Check them out today. If your car started today, well, thank a tech. If that truck delivering your goods today got to your home or your business, thank a tech. If that airplane you rode in took off and landed safely, and if that boat you're riding in arrived at the dock safe and sound, that's right, thank a tech. One thing the pandemic has taught us is that great techs keep America rolling. They are essential workers and we need them. Support career and technical education by getting involved with TechForce Foundation. It's a Cars Yeah charity of choice. Learn more at techforce.org today. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market Driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. 
So Chuck, let's look back perhaps at your life at a big challenge that you faced, an obstacle, something that kind of pushed you up against the wall a little bit. The reason I ask this is not to bring back a bad memory. It's more about how you overcame that situation and how you moved forward in a positive way. Now, a guy who's tackled so many industrious things and creative things, uh, no doubt there's been a couple bumps in the road for you. Is there one in particular that taught you a really valuable lesson that maybe you carried forward with your sons or uh, just with your own life and with your projects? Well, I don't know. I guess I'm too stupid to realize I have a problem. I always just (laughs) sort of, (laughs) you know, go ahead. And, you know, I, I think if it's a toy that I love, there'll be someone else out there that thinks it's a neat toy. Mm. And uh, I managed to uh, convince people that I was able to make fun toys. And uh, so it can't get much better than that. I say that uh, find something you love to do. Some darn fool will come along and pay you to do it. So, <laughs> right, now, did you just call me a fool? Because I did buy one of your cars, but that's okay. Well, what can I say? <laughs> yes. Well, I, I don't. I don't try to represent the cars as okay. This is going to get you twenty nine miles per gallon and save you all kind of oh, money. Of course no, not. No, it's a toy. It's it's a it's a toy, and fortunately, they've got to good enough reputation a guy doesn't uh buy it and immediately it's worth half the value they seem to maintain their value well yeah and it's a toy that you can have enjoy for whatever period of time and then get away from it without losing your shirt so that you know it's kind of a win-win deal well, I think it is. Now, when we were talking in your pre-show chat, we talked about originally you sold those cars for around, what, 14000 15000 bucks, a full car? We were selling complete cars with brand new engines, gearboxes. In other words, every component in the car was brand new. It wasn't a bunch of stuff from the junkyard mm-hmm. for fourteen nine. Wow. And today that same card bring you 40 or 50 grand oh at least yeah absolutely you know yeah that's that's inflation for you but uh that's what happens but but you're right a big piece of me of my ownership of your car uh was the experiences because the first time i drove that car was leaving long beach with my eight-year-old son and we drove 1500 miles back home up here to gig harbor and i remember looking at john wilhite who built the car and i said well uh, anything we need, we've got a cell phone and some jackets because the car I had of yours had no top. And so he said, well, you need a good attitude. <laughs> and that's what we had. And my son said, well, dad, what if it rains? And I said, well, that's why we have hoods. Uh, we'll just drive a little bit faster. Uh, luckily, it didn't rain on us that day. I had I did get caught in the rain once in your car. And uh, that wasn't much fun, quite honestly, but um, it was sure a fun car to drive. Now, I always ask all my guests to share one really, really special vehicle in their life. That must be, maybe it's not a hard question for you, but you've had so many cool vehicles in your life. Just for today on your birthday, if you look back at one in particular that brings a big smile to your face, which car would that be? Well, in 69, I went to LA to meet some guys to fly back and pick up a Can-Am car. And uh, I had sold a car on the way in 
had some change in my pocket. We get back, have a few beers, and the first thing you know, I invested in this damn thing. And uh, I wound up owning a T-160 Lola that we raced in 69. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, no, I couldn't drive it today. <laughs> first gear would scare me to death. Yeah, but scary car. It's just something about silly old car it, because it was kind of the... There, there were no rules. You could have a serious, serious car. Nobody told you how big the tire could be or how small the engine had to be. Or, and uh, it would probably be that car. That was, that was kind of the end of the road for a, you know, for a race car. Yeah, ah, that is a serious, serious car. I remember watching those races at Road America during the, I was there racing during the vintage races. I had a Lotus 18 that I was running. And you watch those things come down the straightaway there and it just shook your chest scary scary fast is it now the fact that you ran that thing i always i've had some racers that have been around for a long time and have driven cars like that give us maybe one bit of interpretation as your memory goes back to driving that thing how do these guys drive those during those endurance races for hours i it's beyond me i mean scary fast cars well all of the canon races were 200 miles so uh, it wasn't like, you know, when we went to Le Mans and ran the uh, J car for 24 hours. I mean, you know, that's that's tough. And I've done Sebring and Daytona and this and the other. But, you know, it's only a 200-mile race, so you get it done in a couple of hours or less. And, yeah, it's a pretty intense couple of hours. But, uh, you know, it's – well, George Fulmer used to be the uh, – Porsche dealer near my shop oh. and he kept his plane on the same airport I kept mine and uh, so you know we sat around the hangar and told some lies and drank a beer or two over the years <laughs> and when I built the first spider I called him up and said hey uh, I've got this thing and you used to race these and how about I come over and you take a look tell me where I went wrong and I went over and he's looking at it and well it looks good how does it drive I said well hop in let's take a ride (laughs) well I had about a 200 horsepower engine in this thing and uh, you know anybody with any brain just doesn't hop in a car and light it up so he you know goes around town a little bit and sideways over railroad tracks and stuff and he goes man it feels good and he loved the fact that the engine would go 8,000 plus RPM and 200 horse on a 1,200 pound car. And he comments were if we'd had a motor like this back in the day. But he said, it feels just like a 550. And I thought that was that pretty <laughs> darn good. I, I got what I set out to do. Yeah. But uh, later on, uh, many years later, actually, we were sitting around the hangar one night, and, you know, he, he had driven the 917, I guess it was uh, 73 or four, got the championship for the 917. I said, George, you seem like a relatively intelligent person. How the hell can you get in a 1,200-horsepower car and hang on to it for 200 miles? He says, you don't. He says, you just use enough throttle to keep them in the rearview mirror. <laughs> well, it made sense, but I never thought about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Pretty incredible. Well, that is one special vehicle story I don't think I've heard from anybody. So uh, very darn cool. I didn't realize you got to play with one of those things. So I didn't ask you this question last time you were on the show. I'm going to be your car psychologist a bit today. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit. I'm, I'm going to wonder if you were manifest as a car. Now, this isn't what you want to be, Chuck. This is 
your perception of yourself as some kind of vehicle. The man in the mirror that you see every morning, if you were all of a sudden a car parked in your garage, your shop, what would you be? But more importantly, why? Boy, that's that's hard. That's I guess. going deep. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just an animal at heart. We we built an old fuel roadster back in the mid '60s, and uh, uh, we set the national record with that thing by hell, I don't know, 25 miles an hour or something. So, you know, I've been down the drag race bit. I've driven jet cars and this and the other. So it's just impossible to say. Do I want to be a pretty little Dino Ferrari or do I want to be a double-A fuel roadster? <laughs> you know, I, I, I really can't say. Yeah, I, I think you're the fuel roadster. I, I just, my interpretation of you and what you've done with your life and uh, the, the guy who you are of building what you want, what makes you excited without worrying too much about what others think about it. Um, I kind of I kind of think, now I love the Dino, of course, beautiful. And you're a, you're a handsome guy, so I, you could pull that off, but I think you're that <laughs> 60s fuel roadster. I think that fits your persona very, very well. Are you a book reader? Do you enjoy reading books? Is there any book that you've uh, cracked open you'd like to share with our listeners? I really don't. Unfortunately, I, I'm just never off duty, which doesn't, maybe do an awful lot for my family life but and if i get something on my mind then that's it i know we used to unload our containers in houston of the spiders when we were bringing up out of brazil and i'd have to drive to houston 1500 miles and do the final assembly on some and bring some back to the west coast etc while i was planning my lister i ran out of fuel four times on the trip oh no <laughs> you know, I'd be going down the road in the truck and all of a sudden I'm doing 35 miles an hour on the freeway and I wake up and realize I'm out of fuel again. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, I, you know, that's not a very good trait, I guess, but that's what I'm stuck with. So, yeah, live with it. You've got know. some focus and drive. That's uh, You get on a task and you don't let up. So I think there's there's nothing wrong with that. So I always take my guests on the ultimate drive. And since this is your birthday today, Chuck, I'm going to open the checkbook really wide. I'm going to buy you any car in the world and you can take it anywhere in the world and you can be with anyone in the world, living or somebody who's passed. So what does the ultimate drive look like for a guy who's done so many ultimate drives? It'd probably be a 9-17-30 with Bridget Bardot. <laughs> well, that was easy. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, you know, sometimes people have to think a little bit, but he, he, that just came right off your tongue. Well, you know, I've had, you know, hot rod street cars, and uh, we used to stuff Chevys and Heelys, and, and uh, yeah, they were fun. But uh, to me, the Can-Am car was the ultimate car. Uh, at that point in time, we were faster than Formula One, and that's that's serious. And then, of course, the 1730, that was the end of the road in that game. Wow. What a drive. That sounds interesting. Well, I don't know if you can hear her very much in that car, but uh, that's okay. She'll be holding on for dear life, that's for sure. Oh, what a great answer. Well, I really appreciate you spending some time on your birthday with me today so that we can share this with all the enthusiasts out there that uh, you've brought smiles to their faces. I really want to thank you for, for what you've done for us car enthusiasts over the course of your life and what's coming in the future. Again, my hat's off to you for uh, having a 
hopeful and fun life. Before I let you go, could you share maybe a word of wisdom or thought with us? Probably the best thing or the wisest thing would tell tell someone go buy a ticket to the ball game and don't get in the car game. <laughs> it's a it's a disease that they don't have a cure for. <laughs> and uh, you know, a drug addict, yeah, they have <laughs> programs. They have rehab, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, car guy, he's just running for life. Yeah, now that's that's very well said, but uh, I think that's okay because everyone listening today is one of those kinds of guys or gals. Very nice. Well, well Chuck, I really want to thank you again for connecting with me today, and thank you for the smiles and the memories you brought to my face, my son. Uh, I even got my wife in that car a few times, and uh, she would look at that thing and go, oh my gosh, this looks scary as heck, but uh, put a smile on her face as well. Thank you for being so generous with your time today on your birthday. Thank you for bringing so many smiles to all of us. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you, no doubt, down the road. And thanks for calling. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!